0: Line, a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic are spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Front Lines, the Clone Wars podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen.
1: Welcome to the second episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, with me, your host, Michael Cohen. And uh, today joining me, I have the wonderful and illustrious Steve Glosson of Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. So say hi, Steve.
0: What's going on, everyone? Uh, I don't know how illustrious I am, but uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be talking Star Wars. I'm excited to be talking the Clone Wars with you, buddy.
1: Yes, I'm excited as well. I'm excited because you're on the podcast, which means that I'm not just a crazy (laughs) wacko at home recording for no purpose. Um, Well,
0: see, you get a taste of how I feel a lot of times on Geek Out Loud, because I do most of my Geek Out Loud episodes solo. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how... I feel sometimes I'm sitting in a room and and I just know someone's going to walk by and think what is that idiot doing who's he talking to
1: yeah I'm just waiting I'm just waiting for the day when somebody comes home while I'm in the middle of recording and it's like who who are you talking to in the other room there Mike you're uh, going, <laughs> going 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 a little bit crazy
0: you getting a little nuts there yeah. on it huh? well, a little bit stir a little, crazy little, working from a home ceiling? a little
1: bit much for you
0: yeah but uh but yeah
1: so so I'm glad you could be here and you could lend your your credibility, your podcast credibility, to uh, to my well, podcast. Well, you,
0: you have within your first episode more downloads than I have on any single episode of my show, except for one, and that's when I was switching feeds, and so everyone downloaded twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> and even then, I, I don't have you by much. So, um, so you you're you're the one with the. With the bigger audience right now. Okay,
1: well let's start with that then, because I want to say thanks to everybody who is listening, everybody who's shown an interest in the show. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten fan mail already. Which in the last episode when I was like, send your fan mail, I was shooting for the sky on that one. I was like, who's gonna send me fan mail? I'm just some schmuck. But uh, yeah, that
0: first episode on the first episode, it's kind of weird um, because you 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 hope there's an audience and you hope people are gonna be listening, but then you never know (laughs) you can be like send me your mail and uh and you end up emailing yourself
1: (laughs) Just making things up asking asking your mom to send you an email
0: that's right hey mom mom (laughs) yeah it's me yeah yeah i started the podcast Mm -hmm. yeah could you uh could you send me an email yeah don't 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 tell them you're my mom though okay love you too i've gotta go okay mom. yeah
1: Uh, wait, if I say the word podcast to my mom, she's kind of like a uh, 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 what now? But, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that's how my family is.
1: But yeah, um, okay. Well, let's get into the news. Uh, let's do what's, it. What do you think is the biggest news item this week? What, what if you just had to go off the top of your head? What do you think?
0: Um, uh, probably Michael Phelps winning all those gold medals in the Olympics.
1: Now you see you're being a little bit too broad. Uh, oh. I would have gone. I would have gone with Clone Wars, the movie being released. Well, but, that's
0: uh, okay. See, that's why this gold, is your gold, show.
1: Gold medals are good too. Gold medals are good too.
0: <laughs> that's why but, this
1: is your show. It, well, and and I'm in Canada, so so I don't really care about right. your guys' gold medals. Oh, I don't uh,
0: care. I don't care about our our gold medals either. Th- I'm sorry. Was that in a boot? I that think was in a boot. Yes. Aboot. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I don't think that we've even gotten any gold medals yet. I could be totally wrong and completely unpatriotic, but but yeah. Um, but you know what did get a gold medal from me? What gold?
0: Uh, oh, I, I've got this one. I've got this one. Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yes. Indeed, yeah.
1: Which it would have really sucked if it only got the bronze, because here I am committed to a podcast with a listener base already, and you know, if I didn't like the show, where would I be? Well, I know how you Uh, feel.
0: I know how you feel. (laughs) That's how we were, uh, Derek and I were with Skynext. It was like, okay, we're going to start a show about this new Terminator show. (sighs) Hope it doesn't suck. (laughs) Yeah, you guys lucked out on that one. Yeah, that's well, it was either Terminator or Knight Rider. And thank God we went with Terminator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let's take a second right now... Just because you're on the show and it's an opportunity for you guys to uh although I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of our audience is crossover listeners from Sure, sure. From and from Geek Out Loud. But let the let the audience know exactly how many podcasts you're on.
0: Um I am on, on three main podcasts and, and now with this one three and a half. Uh not <laughs> that you're half a podcast, just that I'm not gonna be on here on a regular basis. Uh I have my own podcast, which I will pimp first because it's mine. Uh, which is Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Uh, I actually have a little blog over at geekoutonline.com. And that's, and Michael actually designed the look of the site right now, and it's awesome. It looks great. Uh, then Derek, after hearing Geek Out Loud, asked me to come be on Starkville's House of L, which is at smallvillepodcast.com, and it's all about Smallville and Superman. And then our newest endeavor, we started at the beginning of last season of Fox's new television show, um, Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, and it is Skynex, and you can find that at skynex.com. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I've got my hands in several cookie jars now, and it's fun. I, have a, I, I love this. I, I love the whole podcasting thing, and so this is a blast for me.
1: Awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, the reason I started the podcast was because I listened to uh, to shoe, and i listen to sky next and i listen to geek out loud and you know the uh 10th wonder and and not to mention all of the other podcasts i listen to <laughs> but uh but you guys you guys by far are my favorite podcast to listen to i look forward to it every week and right now i mean we're in between seasons and it's kind of like i'm feeling a bit of your guys's pain because i mean the show hasn't even come out for me yet i'm kind of Jumping the gun. I mean thankfully there's a movie to talk about. But during in between seasons you guys don't put out too many episodes.
0: Well the yeah, right, it's right? hard. It's hard to put out a lot of episodes while you're in a downtime because because you don't want to just come on and and talk about nothing. You want to have something to talk about and uh, as much as people kind of write us about not having episodes out on a regular basis during the summer, it's you know, it, it's one of those things where we want episodes to be quality. You know, we want there to be something of merit there for the listener. And um and if there's no news or nothing going on, then there's nothing of merit there for the listener and, and so there's no sense it's been out of podcast. You'll see. You'll see how it is. <laughs> You'll learn.
1: Yeah, I will. I will. You know what and, and I I think I've got a bit of an uphill battle because I'm dealing with Lucasfilm who are unbelievably uh, I don't know, staunch in their in their secrecy. Oh, indeed. So yeah. like the The little bits of news that leak out for the other shows, and I mean, like, like with with Smallville, you can at least you know find them shooting on location every once in a while and get some news that way if they're not telling you anything. Right, right. But right. Uh, there is no set no. for me to <laughs> no. To send you can't reporters down you can't to. sneak
0: into Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. So, well, um, let, well, let me ask you about that. That's something. That's a neat thing to talk about because Lucas has notoriously been one of these guys. With, um, with practically everything he's done where he plays everything really close to the chest and, he, and he's very secretive about a lot and I guess rightfully so I mean I don't hold that against him and I don't think that he is, he's a bad man for having done that but I, I wonder if now you think it's just a game he likes to play with the fans
1: uh, I, well I think that he likes to exercise his power and I don't mean that in a bad way—that he's like, you know, that he's goofing around with us or anything. But, but I think that yeah, he does like to, to play with the fans to a degree, and he knows that. I mean, he's he's an incredibly intelligent guy, for uh, for all of the other failings that that the mainstream press gives him. He is one of the smartest businessmen in Hollywood, uh, mostly because he's not even in Hollywood, right? So, uh, I, I think that he really uses the secrecy angle and all of that sort of stuff. To, to build a hype up with us. And I mean he does it every time, right? So
0: Well, I mean so he must be doing something. You know, and and we'll get into the movie in a moment, I'm sure, but but we, even with this new series and with this movie, the one thing that I that is not lost on me are the amount of kids that are into this film and that are into this whole thing and that are excited about it. And um and and that in itself is a stroke of business brilliance because he realizes that uh you know, the rest of us are growing up, and and while there's still a market for us, um, we're not going to be here forever. You know, and so, so it's it's a yeah. it's a good thing to go back to the kids, back to where it all kind of started for them in the first place.
1: Yeah, well, I think you also see not just with us as the fans, sort of starting to uh, to get older, and uh, and drop off, because <laughs> you know that's the way of things. Right, the way of the force. That's the circle of life, uh, Yeah. But, uh, but you've also got, I, th- I think that he's coming to grips with his own mortality, as cliche as that sounds. Wow, that but, does sound cliche.
0: I'm yeah, not- <laughs> but I think that, I
1: I think I seriously think that that's, that's kind of where he's at right now, where he's kind of like, you know what, I'm not going to be around forever, and Star Wars is. Like, he realizes that it's a legacy, and so you've got him doing things like, essentially training the next generation. I mean, you see him passing the tor- torch, over to uh, to Dave Filoni, right, and uh, and you've got you've also got like Ben Burt passing the torch down to uh, to Matthew Wood, yeah, right. Yeah. You've got you've kind of got this this next generation of of Star Wars, you know, movie makers and Star Wars, I don't know, technicians, I guess, and the guys who are building it up. But now, do you and do you going, really so.
0: think do you really think that uh, that Star Wars is that important to Lucas? I mean, even if even if for the sake of argument he is in his twilight years, because he usually seems to approach it with a very casual, this is just a story that I wanted to tell and I've told it, you know. Um, do you think it's not as simple as just him being a money-grubbing jerk, as some people have, have want to said?
1: Well, you know what, I, I really think, I mean, if he was just in it for the money, he'd just leave it to other people to, to run his business into the ground right sure but, sure i mean i mean you've got this situation where three years ago revenge of the sith came out the saga was complete and he said now i'm gonna take a step back and go do the things that i was gonna do out of film school now that i had the opportunity and the money and the and the time and all that sort of thing and uh, and what does he do like within three years he's back he's made another indiana jones movie and he's got his fingers all over the Clone Wars, right? Right, yeah. Like, or, originally he stepped back and he said, okay, you guys, go for it, do it. Like, knock yourselves out. This is this is your project. I'm just going to be around to make sure you're not screwing it up, you know? And, and then saw how good it was and was like, actually, I really want to be involved with this because it's just fun. Uh, let, let's like, put, I, let's I, put I, out I... a
0: movie. Let's put out a movie, guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, he... He just he can't get enough of it, and i think I think he's just as bad as us because I know with myself every once in a while i kinda i kind of get that oh, you know I'm a little bit star warsed out, you know, especially after a big event like a movie or right something like right that, you know and and everything kind of goes into a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a recession and uh and then something will happen I'll read a book, I'll pick up a comic, a new action figure'll come out, and it'll just pull me right back in, and I'll be like, ah." Oh, you know, I thought I thought I was done with this, but it just pulls me right back in. And now, <laughs> like a tractor is gonna, And yeah, and Clone Wars is going to do that every single week. You know, I, there's no escape. If
0: anymore. the if the movie or, uh, is any indication of the quality of television show, it'll be. I agree with you. I think I think yeah, it's going to be a sure. fun show to to watch and and to be a part of every week and just another <laughs> good night. It's like more TV. Gosh, but. But it's going to be worth it, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And it's only half an hour, so it's not that. Uh, it's it's not that heavy right, on your plate, right. you know. But uh, but let's let's get the other news out, uh, which uh, the other two big things. Uh, the soundtrack dropped on Tuesday. Um, if you're in the states, look at you, I found out. Uh,
0: look at you talking like you're all in the biz. The soundtrack dropped. Like I'm in the biz. Like the soundtrack yeah. dropped. It hit the streets. Hit the streets. It's on shelves,
1: uh, but yeah, it did, and and I know we were listening to it, and uh, and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's totally yeah, wicked. Yeah, I love it. I really like it. I, you know, it it's it took some growing on me. There was one track um, that I wasn't too sure of until I saw the movie, and when I saw it in the context of the film, I really appreciated it a whole lot more uh, than I did. Can I guess? Yeah, sure. Can I guess? Yeah.
1: Okay, I. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Is it is it the one that plays in the bar? Yes. Was it that yeah, stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was a little bit cautious of those too, but I was kind of like, if it works in the movie,
0: yeah, and it know, and it I totally did so. because it's it's yeah. actual. I forget what the actual uh, term is for it, but it's actual music in the movie. You know, it's it's similar to the cantina band music. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's that's why it ended up working for me. It is. Um, it's definitely. And I said this in my review on geek out uh, geek out online it's definitely music that you can see being translated every week for this for this uh, for this series because it's not <clears throat> it, it it lends itself to being looped it lends itself to being used over and over again, and it also leans heavily in places on John williams uh themes and so that was you know that was nice to me
1: yeah and it's good because it does have that John Williams touch to it, but it's not over. It's not overpowering, you know. It's not. It's not so much so that you're like, oh, he's just repeating what John Williams did, you know. Like, like with other uh, films that have come out in, in franchises that John Williams has scored, like, for instance, Jurassic Park, because right. I mean, he didn't yeah. score the third one. But there's chunks of music in there that you're kind of like. Yeah, you know, that's that's just them taking that, you know, five minute chunk from something John Williams did and then adding it into this mediocre right.
0: yeah.
1: uh soundtrack. But but it's more of an homage than it is a direct transference from from one movie to another, right? I mean uh the biggest example I think is uh it's in that, that Coruscant scene. And I I guess we should warn people about spoilers. Because we've both seen the movie, mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. it twice. Now. Yeah, I've only seen it once. But, uh, yeah, I managed to see it twice yesterday. Well, look but, at you, uh, touch
0: you. Hmm. Aren't you special? And that's special.
1: Oh, well, you know, I try. Yeah, I try. Yeah. but uh, it's all—it's all for the listeners. I thought, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to be doing this, I got to take it seriously. Right. Watch it twice. Yeah. So you went in with your it's...
0: notepad the second time, didn't you? Taking notes and yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. But uh, but that the scene, and I'm going to warn everybody: we're just going to talk about it. If you haven't seen the movie yet, then stop listening and uh and go see the movie and shame on you and and you should have seen it already um but yeah if, if you haven't seen it don't listen for further i mean there's not there's not any ridiculous spoilers it's not like anybody you know dies or anything but uh but yeah so stop listening um but that scene where where padme is in is in the bar and uh and the the clone troopers bust in to rescue her uh, it sounds almost like the music from the uh, the the Battle of Theed when she's taking back the palace. Yeah. It's got yeah. it's got a reminiscent sound to it, right. but it isn't he didn't exactly take the notes. He took like two notes here, three notes there. And so you you expect it to go into that exact same music, but then it doesn't. It goes into this other thing. And so it's just there's a lot of that. There's a lot of little it's got the spice of the Star Wars soundtrack, but it's not it's not just a ripoff, essentially. Well,
0: I think I think there's an understanding that this is definitely not the movies, that this is definitely and, and that sounds negative and I don't mean for it to sound negative. I think I think the understanding that Kevin Kiner had was you know i'm i'm doing this for what is going to be an ongoing series and so there has to be there's going to be new characters so there's going to have to be some new themes established it is star wars so i've so i'm going to use john williams stuff but i want to make it new and as fresh as possible you know for everyone and and he and you know what i've seen people online bashing that i've seen people online praising that and i think it works that's you know i don't i don't I'm not super excited. I think you really, really, really dig the soundtrack. I'm just like, yeah, I think it works and it's good and I enjoy it. But I'm not like, oh, this is the second coming of Star Wars music. I just, you know, uh, but I really, <laughs> yeah. I really do enjoy it. And I and I think that Kevin Kiner had, you know, anyone that's taking John Williams, you know, some anyone that Walter Williams has tread is is walking in a big shadow, and um, and I think he. For what the Clone Wars will be, I think Kevin Connor did a great job with the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. And I guess I guess there's a little bit of disparity there because I do absolutely love it. Especially the track uh, Obi-Wan to the Rescue. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But electric guitar in, in Star Wars is, like, just the melding of the two is just delicious to me. I don't know well, how you know, else to put it.
0: I love it. John Williams was the first person to do that. Though. He was in in uh, episode uh, the Star Wars two. in episode two. Yeah, in yeah. episode two. And uh, and I've seen some people complaining about that, and I just want to say, did you not hear the Attack of the Clones soundtrack? And I cannot, yeah. for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the track from Attack of the Clones. It's uh, it's, in, it's from it's from the chase. It's Coruscant yeah. chase or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's from
1: the speeder chase, the beginning. Zam, the Zam Wessel, uh, that whole sequence because right. it's when she i know the exact moment in the movie it's when she her speeder goes by the screen and it sort of like howls by the screen but that's the music yeah yeah not the not the sound design so yeah but i but yeah so the soundtrack is out and if you haven't gotten it yet you should go get it um i was gonna say in canada it actually hasn't been released but uh but i've managed to to listen to it
0: um What's up with you crazy Canucks? I don't know what it is. It doesn't come out until, like,
1: Tuesday, until the 19th, and that I was very frustrated, but, but I managed so, to listen so to it
0: anyways. So it's coming out, like, a week later. Yeah,
1: yeah, we we get that up here. And for those of you who, who didn't realize, I am in Canada, up in Vancouver, B.C., actually about five minutes away from the Smallville set, for those of you who uh, who are also shoe listeners. Um but, yeah, we, we tend to get things a little bit later than you guys when it comes to stuff like that. Music, video That just
0: games. makes me sad. Well, if it's a big release, it
1: doesn't matter, right? Like, if it was, I don't know, some pop singer's brand-new album, it would come out on the same day. But if it's just a Star Wars album, I guess it's not deemed important by the Canadian public. Not, yeah. not enough to, to release it on time. Right. But, but yeah, so if if you've picked that up, and you enjoy it, then good for you. But if you're Canadian, then you feel my pain. Um, Yeah, and then the other thing that came out this week that was released, and this is a little bit of a a lighter note, was the Happy Meal toys. And and we already talked about that a little bit when we saw the pictures of them.
0: Right. I personally... (laughs) Yeah, okay, I
1: hate them. You like them.
0: Uh, Yeah, why do you hate them? I'm
1: not even going to mince words like I hate them. There isn't a single one in the set... Because they're little bobblehead race car things, and uh, that's just not exciting to me. I wanted little action figures. When they said that McDonald's was doing the toys for, for, like, you know, the promotional stuff in a Happy Meal, I was like, awesome, we're going to get, like, little, I don't know, (laughs) spring-loaded, force-power, lightsaber-wielding, crazy Jedi action figures, and what did we get? We got... Little toys that are vehicles that sometimes don't even make sense with bobbleheads um, sticking out of the top of
0: them. Well, and they, and, they have different uh, features. Some I of them, them you just push them. them and they go. Some of them have the pull back and the spring-loaded wheels where they'll shoot forward. And some of them have electronic sounds. Oh, and some of them wind up and walk, like the Imperial Walker with the Stormtrooper head bobbling out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's still not
1: going to do it for them. <laughs> That's not enough. <laughs> And I don't know. With all the Star Wars promotional toys, whenever they do it, I mean Burger King's the one who's done right. it in the past. Yeah. Burger King KFC. Um it's all they always put out like ten billion of them. And I'm always like why? Why do you need to put out ten billion of them? If it's episode three, just put out the characters from episode three. That's all we need. I don't need another Luke Skywalker, uh, force action thingy, you know? Like I I wanted like I wanted Clone Wars toys. When they said, you know, Clone Wars Happy Meal, I thought Clone Wars Happy Meal, not Star Wars Saga Happy Meal with you know, characters that are. Well I don't do you have about, do you have the details
0: but, on the uh, licensing there to McDonald's to do those Happy Meal toys? Okay. The I reason not, I ask is I because depending on how long they have the license and depending on what kind of contract their licensing agreement is, McDonalds goes back to the well uh times. For ideas, and if the Clone Wars toys are successful in this run, as the show is successful, uh, which I just heard in an interview with uh, Ashley, um, can't think of her last name, did the voice of Ahsoka. You know, they're they're into their recording the second season, the the voice work, and um, and so uh, you know, depending on how well the show does, McDonald's will swing back around and have a whole new. You know, different type of toy because that's how McDonald's rolls. I have now. I will say, I, I I'll proudly say, I'm in management, and so I kind of know how they do things. So. <laughs> and so I've seen the toys. That's right, I've seen the toys. You come have back the and insight, run. and um, and so I think, uh, I think, I think that this is kind of their first, almost like Hasbro will do waves. I think this is their first wave, and I think that with the popularity of Clone Wars, I think you, mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see especially um when the second season starts up you know which is you know probably a year from now it wouldn't surprise me to see McDonald's come on strong with some new very clone war centric toys
1: yeah yeah i could see that happening uh yeah if they've got the license then definitely they'll 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 definitely release more than one set i mean
0: how many how many hot wheel sets do they do a year you know that yeah see the <laughs> so, you, now you see now yeah. you see how many times have you had to go to the Walmart, uh, Walmart, ha- <laughs> McDonald's, and let them know if you're a boy or a girl <laughs> yes. for the right happy meal? Because they, because yeah. they will roll some Barbie and, ha- and Hot Wheels out. I, I hate they, it. They'll, they'll roll. Them I hate in. it when they're
1: all out of Hot Wheels, and all you can take is the Barbie. But
0: <laughs> no, don't. Yeah, that's what. That's your excuse. They never run out of Hot Wheels. <laughs> They've got boxes of Hot Wheels sitting in the back right now from the last time they had them. So uh, you just like the Barbies. Just admit it. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Okay, there it is. <laughs> but yeah,
1: uh, so so Happy Meal toys are out. Um, I'm not too pleased, but in the elevator up to the movie theater uh, yesterday, there was, I, I guess she's probably about a seven-year-old girl with a Star Wars Happy Meal in her hands going, I hope I get the girl character. And I was like, you should have checked before you left, because... You know, you can always <laughs> trade it, right? If they've got more than one guy, you can be like, "I don't want this one." Yeah, if they're able, yeah, yeah you they'll they're usually which, pretty good. Which when that. you're when you're seven years old, they're like, "Okay, which one do you want?" And we'll see if we have it. When you're twenty three, they tend to be a little bit more um, questioning because you've already got you've well, already gotten the bad look for a, for ordering the happy meal in the first place. So
0: right, right. Yeah, but well, not only that, but they also know. I mean, I. Uh, You know, they know what you're doing. Mm. They know that you're just a collector. And, my God, I worked in McDonald's through the Beanie Baby scare of 2000, (laughs) you know, of 1997 or whatever it was. And when people were going nuts for Beanie Babies and McDonald's had those teeny beanies. Yeah. And um, good night, the crazy people that would come after the Beanie Babies. And I guess Star Wars fans, you know, collectors are kind of the same way. When they do stuff, I I sat at Burger King and went through and said, "Hey, do you guys have this instead of this?" You know, and and around here, my little bitty small town, people know me, so it's okay. <laughs> but uh, abroad, like if you're in a larger city where everyone doesn't know everyone, it, it, I I've seen where it can be a problem. Yeah, I definitely
1: get the funny looks, and uh, and I tend to not go by myself. That's what I'll do. I'll take somebody with me, and then they can laugh at me. So then. At least it's my friend laughing at me, and not the uh, not the person behind the counter. Not a total stranger. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel all right <laughs> if it's my friends laughing at me for being a Star Wars geek. When it's other people, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a different experience. But right, because right. one in one turn they're laughing at you because you're Mike and you're a ridiculous Star Wars fan, and in the other instance they're laughing at you because you are a Star Wars geek, and so there's a difference. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've got, my friends, it's become endearing to yeah. them. They know that if they go to Walmart with me, I'm checking out the toy aisle. You know, or they know if we're in a mall, we've got to go run to the toy store. Um, you know, my, my friends have just come. In fact, uh, being the single guy that I am, hello ladies, um, my friends have, the big thing is, what happens if you meet someone, you're totally in love with this woman, and, she, and it turns out she hates Star Wars. And my response to that is always, I think I'll know that after like the first yeah, date. Yeah. So <laughs> Yes. I agree. I think I'm enough of a nerd that I will know this. I, I should so. hope that she would
1: notice before the date. I mean, you know, in, in the in the initial uh, courtship rituals when you uh, when you start quoting lines and uh, and such. I, I should right, hope as that I people, pull out my
0: catch on. As I pull out my Master Replicas lightsaber and dub her War. Yeah, exactly.
1: And you defend her honor against uh, vile gangsters and scum and villainy. That's right. That's
0: right, yes. Although, although, I mean, we were
1: talking about this the other day, and sometimes we can be a little bit sly with our Star Wars quotes, and I know that there's probably a lot of listeners out there that are the same, that uh, they like to sneak them in under people and use Star Wars quotes that don't necessarily sound like Star Wars quotes. Like, I've got a bad feeling about this. You, you oh, say yeah, that and yeah. people just go, yeah, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of sketchy. And it's like, no, I've got a bad feeling about this. And, and, <laughs> and they just don't get it. But.
0: Uh, my favorite, and I told you this in and out online, is, is if, I'm going, if I'm driving somewhere with someone and we get in a parking lot and we get out of the car and they look at me and say, hey, lock that door. and I'll al- Or lock the door. And I'll always say, and hope they don't have blasters. And that draws some strange looks yeah, from yeah. people. Yeah, definitely. So what an incredible smell you've discovered.
1: Yeah, you know, that one's such a hard one to uh to really to really use. I don't know. I always want if to. I fi- want to use it so bad. And and sometimes I'll force it a little bit. I'm a little bit like Michael on The Office, and that that's what she said. <laughs> is, even if it doesn't really fully apply, I'll still say it. And people look at me. What and an incredible I'll go, smell you discovered. A new hope.
0: Yeah, right, right. Makes me an idiot. It's okay. No, I'll, I'll actually. If you don't feel like you have to be sarcastic when you're using it, I'll use it uh, when we go to a restaurant that's just awesome. You know, I just this is great, guys. What an incredible smell you've discovered. (laughs) I've never done that. that I'm going to do that. I'm going to
1: commit to doing that at least once this week. I'm going to walk in (laughs) somewhere and it's going to smell fantastic, and uh, and I'll say, "What an incredible smell you've discovered."
0: Yeah. That's awesome. good. That's awesome. good. You're
1: expanding my my repertoire.
0: <laughs> well, I try. I try, sir. It's
1: good. Star Wars fans coming together to uh, to further annoy Indeed. the general
0: public. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's round out the news with the last, I think, newsworthy item. And this isn't specifically Clone Wars based, but uh, but something that I feel the need to get out there and say. There's been rumors the last couple weeks of Star Wars in 3D once again. And I just want to say, yeah, they're going to do Star Wars in 3D. George Lucas has been saying that for the last... I don't know, it's been at least 10 years. Uh, At least since the the Special Edition came out. Because the Special Edition was rumored to be in 3D. And in IMAX. And blah 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 and all this stuff. It's going to happen eventually. It's not happening anytime soon. But, but... A few places. Uh, I think ComingSoon.net was the one who kind of broke the story for the umpteenth million time. But,
0: uh. Yeah, well, what, what you have is a situation where I think it was at one of the Show West shows a couple of years back. Um. And it was before episode three, even, where Lucas Licensing was. Because Show West is one of those things that are just for licensees. Mm-hmm. They go and you know it it's a it's a trade show kind yeah. of thing and um and they showed a few minutes of episode 4 um of the death star run in a 3D format that that had been worked on and apparently this isn't the traditional you know red and blue glasses make everything line up this is uh this is the IMAX if you go to like an IMAX at a zoo or something where they do all the nature shows and everything this is that three d that literally immerses you in the yeah. world of what's going on around you and um and ever since that happened, you know everyone is just jonesing for this thing to happen but um I was at celebration three and uh and and rick mccollum we were we were at his panel where he was showing some um footage from the then unreleased episode three. And someone had asked him about the 3D stuff, and he said, you know, and, and like any chance that we would ever be able to see that at, at one of these things, and he's like, well, he said you've got to have the glasses, and the projection system is huge, and you know, and, and detailed, and that kind of thing, and so it's a thing where the technology has to catch up with the technology, so to speak, you know, the the, the technology that's in the general public has to catch up to the way that Lucas. And Lucasfilm would want to distribute this thing, and quite frankly, um, there aren't enough IMAX type settings nationwide um, to to really to really do it feasibly right well, now. I agree with you, it's coming.
1: I, I think I think that that it that it's kind of we're on the cusp of it being a little bit more uh, more accessible. So.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Because um, I mean, you've got the the Brendan Fraser movie the journey to the center of the earth in right. 3D. Yeah. And it's playing at the theater that I went to last night to see Clone Wars and they don't have an IMAX screen. So yeah. I haven't seen yeah. it. I and I don't really intend on seeing it. Well, but, now there uh, was
0: a there was also a trailer in front of the Clone Wars that I went and saw yesterday for an animated movie that's coming out in 3D. And they were making a big deal that um it wasn't the Igor movie. It was something else. It was a Disney movie that I bolt
1: think. is it a bolt movie? no
0: not bolt it's it's animated um
1: i cannot for the life of me think of any other i can't either it, movie has
0: movie to do with it has something to do with flies it has something to do with oh that the fly me to the moon that yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah
1: yeah yeah there you go yeah they've been working on it for like five years and right, right now is the first that we've heard of it you know yeah. pixar movie <laughs> we hear about it we hear about it like weeks before they even start the production on it, but with uh, with this movie, I don't know. It looks a little bit, yeah. It looks a little bit questionable to me. Oh sure, but, sure. But, but it's yeah.
0: 3D. I was just, I was just yeah, adding to yeah, the conversation. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah, and it seems like they can throw that into a regular theater now. So, right, right. So if that's the technology that they're working with, but it sounds a lot like because I mean, I when I heard this rumor, I sort of dug deeper uh, as as I did my due diligence. For you, the listeners, and uh, and dug deeper to find out exactly what George Lucas said that ComingSoon.net twisted into into a release of the Star Wars movies in three D. And he was basically saying, "We're working with a lot of technology right now to try and get this where we want it to be, but yeah, yeah. you know, it's a process, and we're in the middle of the process. And do you, you, know, do you think there's nothing Star to Wars- announce? But
0: do you think that Star Wars has just? Uh, you know, we've talked about this already, even on the show. Do you think Star Wars has just become Lucas's testing ground for new technology?
1: <laughs> well, I think I mean, you know, George Lucas is is a tech nerd, right? He's constantly pushing stuff he has since before he even made Star Wars, like on THX one one three eight. Right, he was, right. He was pushing the boundaries of what he could do with the resources that he had in film school, and then when he got to make it as a feature, he was Pushing the boundaries, and he's always doing that. Um, so I think that that definitely he is using Star Wars as the test market because he knows that no matter what he does, even if the technology doesn't work properly, people will still buy it.
0: Right. Right. right?
1: But yeah. for some reason, he's so wary of of mediums. You know, like of different mediums. Like uh, I mean, because he got burnt with the disc thing, but. But with other things, I mean when it comes to pushing the technology in theaters, he he's all about it. I mean yeah. he was Well, you
0: know, the thing the thing about the, the digital mediums or, or the mediums of, of distribution uh post theater, Lucas has clearly said he doesn't think um hard uh hard copies are the way of the future. He's yeah. he's he's sold on digital download. And um and so I think uh, obviously, we'll probably see Star Wars on Blu-ray, but um, but he's going to hold out and see how long Blu-ray sticks, and see if see if digital doesn't, you know, just digital downloadable content doesn't completely outdo it before it gets its legs.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and it is kind of encroaching on it, right? It with iTunes and uh, and now Apple TV yeah, sort of getting yeah. their footholds, and and yep. the PS3 and the Xbox both have video download and rental services now. And I mean, although here again, not in Canada, but
0: in the States, <laughs> in the States, you guys have got to catch up, man.
1: Oh, uh, it's ridiculous. You know what? I'm not even that Canadian. I'm in Vancouver. I'm an hour and a half away from Seattle. So, you know, we're not even that Canadian here. We're considered by the rest of Can- Can- Canada to be, uh, to be Americans. If you go East coast to Toronto and you say you're from BC, they're like, oh, you're one of them. But,
0: uh, <laughs> Man, you, you guys so. just, there's no, there's no uh, national unity there, huh? No, well, you know, there's a
1: national unity between the rest of the country, just not us. Well, so you, but, but, so uh,
0: you guys are kind of like the Quebec of the West Coast.
1: Yeah, yeah, a bit. But we didn't do anything to, to make anybody mad. Quebec was like, they're separatists, you know, to use right. a Star Wars term.
0: So I hear so they're
1: they're they're the seps they're they're the bad guys but with us we're just I don't know I guess we're like Corellia. we're just too cool everybody wants to be like us <laughs> yeah yeah we 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 don't follow the trends we set the trends trends travel east nice. so nice so they're just jealous that's all it is there I'm so sorry if I've offended. My entire East Coast, actually, my,
0: your entire country <laughs> from from the Rocky Mountains <laughs> onward, I've offended
1: every single listener. But uh, uh, prove me wrong. Show a little bit of BC love, and uh, and, and I'll be proven wrong. But but yes, yeah, I have no idea where we started on that and how we digressed into Canadian socio. It doesn't matter. Political. It doesn't
0: matter. It uh, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs>
1: it's all it's good. Fine. As as my my friend says, it's all gravy, baby. It's all gravy. There you go. There so you go. He'll enjoy that. Um, so that's the news, uh, as much news as there is right now. I mean, there's there's tons of other stuff. There's collecting news coming up. So, uh, But first, we're going to get into the movie, into the recap. Uh, and, uh, and so we're going to talk about what you're all here to listen about, and that's our collective review of Star Wars The Clone Wars, the theatrical release. So uh so I'll get I'll get your opinion first and we've already talked about it a little bit, but but definitive, how many stars out of five?
0: Um I, I think three and a half out of five. Um and I I forget why I say that. I've got to go back and look at my own website to see. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I really, really, really like the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh there were just a, a few little technical things here and there that I was like, mm, could have done without this, or you know, could have, could have been without that. I, I thought, I, I kept looking at my watch as the movie got toward the end because I was thinking, wow, there's so much that's to these ninety minutes. How are they going to wrap things up? And um, yes, I definitely and, did uh, that as well. And and I kept saying they don't have no time. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough time. And and it wasn't. I was looking at my watch because I was bored. I was looking at my watch because. Stop moving you stupid ticking hands. And um and that's kinda you know yeah, that's kinda yeah. where I come from. I really uh, you know, like I say, there were there were a couple of things, but nothing that really ruined it for me. Um I I guess I don't give it a four or five because I don't want to be guilty of overhyping the film. Um but, you know, if if you hated the prequels, if you're listening to mm-hmm. this podcast and you hated the prequels, then you're gonna hate this movie. If you like the prequels, then you'll probably like this movie okay. If you're just a huge Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. you should probably really... enjoy. Yeah. It. yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I don't know if I agree with three and a half stars. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll go, I'll go so far as to say, say a solid four and at times a four or five. Um, yeah. Because, I don't know, the, the, the technology used to animate it, just the style and and the visuals are, are a three star all by themselves. If the story was terrible, the voice acting was horrible and nothing made any sense and it was difficult to listen to and the soundtrack sucked, I'd still give it a three because the visuals for me were just unbelievable for for what it's going to be. And you have to take into account this is like George Lucas just saying Ha ha! To the rest of the television community, because they all put their two-hour premiere on, you know, on the television. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, you know what? This is good enough to put on, to put in theaters. It might not be a theatrical movie, but it's good enough to put in theaters. So just do it. And, he, and, and I he agree with that.
0: that. I, so. I I agree that it was good enough to be in theaters. I I think I actually will flip flop with you. Had. Because I didn't, the visuals were touch and go for me, mm-hmm. and it, and it came down to hair and beards, um, recognizing that this is going to be made for TV, and you can't go into the detail that a Pixar film would go into, mm-hmm. you know, where they work, you know, eight years on one head of hair. Um, there was still there was still something very distracting about the claymation type uh, look, especially with Obi Wan. Of his of his beard and everything, but uh, knowing that this is going to be on television and understanding it's a weekly series, it looks yeah. great, and so that's where I kind of with the visuals I kind of start getting iffy. But then there were some close up shots of Asajj Ventress. There are some places where uh, even with Zero the Hut, I, you know, with the with the different paint flex and that kind of thing, that just looked amazing, yeah. and so. The, the detail, I mean, and so the touch, and, the the visuals were kind of touch and go for me. Um, you know, there was one moment where I'm like, this is, a, this is absolutely beautiful. The big battle scenes were beautiful, you know, and everything, but there were little bitty minor things, and I'm like, hmm, that's kind of distracting to me right now.
1: You know what, the whole, every time Jabba was on, he was the only thing that you could look at, unless there was another main character on the screen, but he was the only thing that you could look at on those, in those images that looked good. Because like, I don't know how you you take Jabba's palace, his court, which is one of the most memorable locations in the Star Wars films. I mean, everybody talks about how how great it was, and uh, and how you make it look so boring. Because in Return of the Jedi, it looked wicked, and then yeah, in this you know, movie, it was kind of bare. And yeah, the, I felt
0: the same way.
1: Yeah. All, all the background characters were just kind of... I don't know. They looked half-finished to me. But Well,
0: and they were all the exact same species. Yeah. There wasn't a hodgepodge of various aliens and, and people because Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi was what the cantina scene was in uh, A New Hope, just slightly expanded and longer because yeah. there were there was just a million things, and there, and there still are when you go back and watch the movie, there are a million things to look at. It seems like, and here in this movie, I was just struck by, wow, everybody's the same species. Yeah, is that too geeky?
1: No, I mean we're we're talking about Star Wars here. If there's not, you know, at least thirty different species in one shot, then something's wrong.
0: Right. You know, right.
1: like unless it's a moment between Anakin and Obi Wan, there should be, you know. There's either got to be a background full of stormtroopers, clone troopers, battle droids, or ridiculous-looking aliens of all yeah. shapes and colors. <laughs> right. If, right, You know, like if something is not there, then you feel like it's not finished. And I think that was that was the feeling that I got from Jabba's palace. I got I got a more finished feeling from Zero's little like his CD Coruscant bar. Than yeah. I did from Jabba's palace, and maybe it's because it was a smaller space, and it just wasn't trying to uh, to recreate something that we've already seen. Right, but, right. But it just it just didn't it just didn't have that feeling that I get when I watch Return of the Jedi, and that, like the bustling sort of crazy atmosphere that you that you get.
0: Yeah, of Jabba's and palace, even right? and even to be a desert planet, you know, it's well established in Episode One even that Tatooine is full of you know whether they're shady type characters or not it's full of different uh life forms it's a place for people to hide out and not be found and and so especially at Jabba's palace you'd expect to see that and um yeah. I did like his uh his servant droid his translator droid though
1: Yeah I did I enjoyed that and I think I'd, I you know I I kind of hope that that was the that was the same protocol droid that uh that he that he disintegrated. Although no, I guess that was the one in the background being pulled apart. Yeah, I don't know and how uh, long a protocol the one droid that lasts with. Yeah, the one that
0: EV ninety nine, and I guess I'm using the droid's name in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> the droid that he pointed to that they showed actually being disintegrated was a two one B type model, a medical droid model. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, no, I we think we are geeks. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think that. Uh, um, I just I liked it. I liked the paint. You know the painting on yeah. it and everything, and it, and the fact that the droid was always the mighty Jabba, the exalted Jabba. Yeah. You know, it's like they could yeah. never just say he says. You know, the mighty yeah, Jabba, yeah. the exalted Jabba. Well, that
1: that was uh, that was I think taking off of what three PO was forced to do in Return of the Jedi yes. when he said, yes. you know, his exalted, you know, blah 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 Jabba the the Great
0: Hutt. Jabba the Hut. Yeah, like, <laughs> his high exaltedness, the Hutt. Great Jabba the Hut. Yeah
1: yeah yeah he can't just be jabba right but yeah yeah i mean i i i I did enjoy that part of it and i enjoyed the rest of the movie everything else oh yeah
0: i mean i you know i'm just fantastic yeah i just come out with a little bit uh, negativity the only other thing from the film that i i kind of had an issue with is it seems they animated the lightsaber duels a little too quickly um Mm-hmm. The 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 bodies really sped up a little too fast for me, and and it was kind of harder to follow the lightsaber action as they were fighting, um, but it wasn't, you know, and and that's just one of those things I thought about in the moment. I'm like, wow, they they seem to be moving really really fast. But yeah, uh, no, I'll agree. With that. But um, Definitely. but everything else, I mean, you know, you mentioned the voice work. dag gum, there was the mm-hmm. guy, and I and I'm sorry that I can't remember his name, and I don't have the cast list here. In front of me, but the guy who did Obi Wan, like, has studied Ewan McGregor's voice and literally just put that on the on the recorded finishing of his. I don't know how you say that, but he did Ewan McGregor. He sounded like Obi Wan. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's weird he's one of the only ones that returned from from the Tartakovsky series, right, right, uh, to do a voice, and and I feel in in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. It was good, but it wasn't. It was a mimicry and not not a um, not an imitation. I guess I don't know. It was kind of it was similar but not the same. Right. Whereas now I think, and maybe it's because I mean, if you if you watch the prequels, you see even Ewan sort of go from I'm on a first name basis with him by right. the way, um, but he goes he goes from his own voice in the in episode one. To a little bit more like Alec Guinness in episode two, and then by episode three, it's like you you get the feeling that he's it's just with age his voice kind of starts to change. Yeah, you know, and and I th- like props to him as much as he he gets knocked for being a little bit anti Star Wars, but uh, but props to him for for tying that together right. And I think that the the and I'm blanking on the guy's name as well, but uh, the guy who does the voice in the Clone Wars. Took the episode three voice of Obi Wan and is spot on. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he just like, tore it up. And I mean, there's been rumors for the last couple months since they released the second trailer where Obi Wan speaks a little bit more, and everybody was going, "Did they manage to get Ewan McGregor to yeah. actually do this? Yeah, yeah. How, how could they pull that off? I thought he hates Star Wars, you know, like." <laughs> Well,
0: so, you know, the, we
1: were all questioning.
0: The thing about Ewan is not that he hates. I'm on a first name base as well. I don't think that he hates Star Wars and he doesn't regret having done Star Wars. I hmm. think that he he's very excited and glad to have been a part of it. However, I think his problem, I think he has a beef with the older fans. Because yeah, I've seen him in several interviews where he's like, I love it when. A seven or eight year old kid comes up to me, you know, nine or ten year old kid comes up to me and asks me about using the lightsaber. He's like, "It's great," but when a thirty year old guy comes up to me and talks about using the lightsaber, I'm like, "Okay, buddy, time to get out of your mom's basement." And and I kind of understand yeah. where he's coming from there, because Star Wars fans can be a little pushy with the people that have been in these movies. We almost expect too much out of them sometimes, I think. And um,
1: yeah, I we can be a little bit pushy just across the board. I mean, this is this is something that I was hoping I could bring up that I could segue into, but I mean, I was thinking about it, and, uh, and our midnight openings, uh, not only for movies, but for action figures, for books, for video right, games, yeah. for whatever. I mean, we, we sit and we watch Star Wars, and we listen in every single one of the movies, somebody says something about patience. <laughs> and, uh, and I guess we haven't really taken right, it to heart right. yet, because we gotta have it now. And, and we're so bad for it and we get such a bad rap and I think that it's it's kind of those individuals and it's those collectors not to sort of single anybody out and I don't want to get too negative on, on right, my listening right. audience but but I just think that as because we are a community as a Star Wars community I, I just had this thought I actually had the thought when we were in line for, uh, for The Dark Knight and I was just like this is a little bit ridiculous and I think maybe it's just geeks in general. <laughs> We're a little bit crazy. We're like honestly, you can't wait another 8 hours sure. to see the movie. You got to sure. see it right this second, you know? Like you c- yeah. you cannot wait uh, to the point where I mean with The Dark Knight. Now this is the second podcast in a row that I've brought up The Dark Knight. It was obviously a good movie. Um, but with The Dark Knight at my theater, they had a midnight showing. They had a twelve oh five showing. They had a, a three o'clock in the morning showing, a three thirty showing, and they had them all the way up until Good like night. nine o'clock in the morning. So, like every every three hours, they were showing this movie, and they had an That's audience. That's
0: crazy, for it. man.
1: And, and it was unbelievable because I mean I'm in Burnaby, and and which is sort of a suburb of Vancouver, and uh, and Vancouver is not. That big. I mean, we're sort we're a big big city, like a metropolitan area. But I don't know that we're big enough to support that many showings of a movie, unless people are absolutely obsessed with it, right? And uh, and I don't know. I think that's just a, an area of our geekdom that that maybe needs to be trimmed back a
0: little bit. But people keep indulging. Well, because it right? makes money. Because
1: yeah. The core the corporate machine wants our right. wants our
0: well you know wallet, right so i love going to midnight showings for the atmosphere a lot of times you know i, I love when i saw star wars mm-hmm. i love the midnight showings where you know because you, you're there with star wars fans and and the minute the word star wars comes on the screen everyone's cheering and you know and you get the right reactions from the yeah. crowd and same thing with with other comic book movies and superhero movies and that sort of thing um my biggest problem comes down to when when we feel like we deserve something other than the entertainment that is given. You know, not just I didn't like a movie. If you don't like a, movie, it's a personal choice, you know, that's a personal choice. That's an, And people, though, uh, w- w- there, a lot of geeks, I guess, feel like, well, I deserve something even more beyond this. I'm owed something because I paid... You know, money to see this movie, or I've paid to collect these toys, or I've done this, and I don't know that we're owed anything beyond the experience. You know, and and I and I and so I think people begin to get a little pushy about things there, but that's you know that's me, us getting in our personal philosophies of things, yeah, and getting all yeah. Said all that to say the voice work was great. I like the guy who played <laughs> yeah, Anakin. Definitely, I really, definitely. That's um, digression. and just as a character, even I really liked Anakin in this movie more than I have in any of the other prequel stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think I think I know his name. I'm pretty sure it's Matt. Lantern. Yeah, that
0: sounds right. That sounds uh, exactly right.
1: Yeah, and uh, and he he did do a fantastic job of voicing the character that I think we all expected in Episode Two. He had. He had the whiny aspect of Anakin, and you know that that Skywalker whiny thing. Right. You know, Anakin and Luke both do it, uh, but he didn't have it like uh, Anakin Hayden Christensen did it with sort of a "Oh, but I really wanted to be a powerful Jedi" sort of thing. <laughs> and Matt Lanter does it with like a with it. There's an anger behind yeah. it, right? And yeah. so it's it's a little bit less of a whininess as as it is like an. Axe. Well, you know. Right where he's really justified in why he hates Tatooine. Oh, it's sure. Not, he's not yeah. just whining for the sake of whining. Like, like you go, yeah, for sure. I mean, Tatooine's a crappy place. It really dealt you some bad hands back in the day, you know. And you kind of feel for him a little bit more. And I think that you can you can see where he would he maybe take that turn to the dark side, where Anakin just seemed like such a great guy with a whiny. Uh, personality that would have these sudden bursts of anger, you know, yeah, it, and and this more natural yeah, he
0: was a lot more controlled. The character of Anakin was a lot more controlled. Uh, the reaction seemed a lot more natural here. The one thing Hayden did, and he did it more in Revenge of the Sith than he did in Attack of the Clones, is Hayden did a great job of his voice inflection, not his, not his not his tempo necessarily, not his um, not the timber of his voice. But the inflections he would use and the way he would say things, the way he would word sentences, um, he sounded like when he put the mask on, it was a natural transition into that yeah. into that voice. He, I mean, and that was almost... And that had to be an intentional thing to say, to, you know, to, to speak lines and to say sentences in such a way that you could actually hear James Earl Jones' voice taking over once the mask was on Darth Vader. Um, and here you get a little bit of that, but you also... As you, and you've summed it up great. In the times where he's upset about something, it doesn't come across as whining. Of course, we've got a more mature Anakin than what we had in Episode 2. Um, but it also, it you know, the whole thing about going back to Tatooine, I absolutely loved because that should be his reaction, not wanting to go and not wanting to talk about it. Should be his reaction yeah. because he can't talk about it. He can't admit to his Padawan that he sliced down a whole tribe of sand people women and children included just because he was angry that yeah. his mother was dead he can't tell his Padawan that and you know and, and he doesn't want to open up you know he, she's not his counselor and so yeah I loved the way they did Anakin and I loved I, I, just, I came away really liking Anakin and really appreciating who he was as a person and as a character in, in, this, in this movie even more so than I did the other yeah. prequels
1: Definitely, definitely. And I think that if they can do more of that in the series, we can kind of... I mean, it helps our cause, right? Because as Star Wars fans, I I sometimes feel like I'm out there, you know, on the front lines. So to to speak. uh, Yeah, so to speak. um, Defending the prequels to people and and coming up with all sorts of justifications. I mean, one of the biggest things that I like to tell people is that it's the difference between... uh, a modern movie, which is which is a little bit more what the uh, the original trilogy is. It's uh, it's the framework that current day blockbusters were built on, and uh, and the prequels have a little bit more of a renaissance feel to them. So they're a little bit more of like a Shakespeare, which I think is why you get actors like Ewan McGregor, and uh, and Ian McDiarmid, pulling off the lines with such ease. And then you've got great actors like Samuel L. Jackson and Natalie Portman sounding like the dialogue is stunted yeah, come a and it's clunky. because they're not, they're not theatrical actors and so it doesn't come out the same way and then with Anakin the whole Vader aspect of it is is it's always been my justification I've always said he's going to sound like that listen to his dialogue in the other three movies you know like he, Vader sounds like that he talks properly yep. you know with, yep. with, he doesn't use conjunctions he says I am you know, as opposed to I'm. And, yeah, or and even contractions. That's just the way he talks. Is, is that what I, contractions? Yeah. I
0: don't yeah. know. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Linking up words. And, yeah. But it's contractions or, or <laughs> I'm and don't. <laughs> Thank yeah. you.
1: There you go. Not only is it a Star Wars podcast, but you guys it's educational. got a little bit of a grammar lesson.
0: <laughs> it's educational.
1: It's edutainment.
0: There you go. It's there illuminating go.
1: podcasting.
0: Uh, um, who did the voice for the clones? Was that, that wasn't Morrison? Was it that wasn't Tam Morrison?
1: No, it wasn't. Uh, and he did he did a bunch of other voices in it as well. And that was the funny thing about the credits is, credits went by, and it really wasn't a, thea- a theatrical credit role. It right, was right. a TV credit role because yep. it was like there was maybe twelve guys other than Sam Jackson, uh, Christopher Lee, and Anthony Daniels. There's maybe twelve guys up there. And it's like they did all the voices for everybody. It's like Matt Wood did did a whole bunch of different characters and uh and uh the 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 thing that really kinda threw me off was that Admiral Yalarin and the narrator were the same guy and yeah, yeah. the voice did not sound different. <laughs> and I was like, so is he narrating <laughs> the be. story Could or be. are they you know, he just had a little bit, like when he was Yolorin, he had a little bit of a He British sounded, listen, inflection. when he was
0: Yalorian, he sounded like John Cleese.
1: Yes, he totally did.
0: He totally did, and I, you
1: said that, and that just put my mind at ease. Cause I was Is going, that the right name, so George familiar. Cleese,
0: John Cleese? Well, am I wrong? I always mess up his name. No, yeah, 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 John Cleese, for sure. That's who he sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, it, it did that there were
1: a few points in the voice acting that it kind of put me off, for as great as some of the guys were.
0: He um, also did Yoda. The I think I'm looking. I'm I yes, got he, an IMDb right now. Tom Kane, uh, he did the Yoda, and Yoda was pretty good. Yoda, he sounded he sounded kind of like Yoda in the Clone Wars. Did I mean Yoda's got to could do Yoda? I wish <laughs> they'd call me to do Yoda.
1: <laughs> well... You know, one thing at a time. You gotta get you gotta get Rolf first. Right. You, you can be Rolf, and then uh, and then right. you work your way up. Right. But yeah, which um, I you know you need you need to contact Jason Siegel right away about
0: that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, let's see who else was here. Uh, Catherine Tabor did Padme, mm. and can I say she sounded just like Natalie Portman?
1: Yeah, it was. I think it was a really good sound like on that one as well. Where, where. There was
0: nothing jarring there, to yeah. me. Because sometimes the voices when they're when they're when they're super different will kind of jar you out of the experience because ah oh, that doesn't sound like them at all, and that's kind of what happened to me with Padme in, Tartosky's Clone Wars, and uh, yeah. but this one I was like what jarred me was holy did they get Natalie Portman to do, Padme? But yeah, uh, I,
1: they 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 really they they did such a great job on the casting that the places where they fell short, like uh, like uh, Palpatine, Palpatine did not sound anything like Ian McDiarmid. And it just, every time he opened his mouth, it brought me out of it so much. Right. And yeah. uh, and I don't know, I mean, we'll have to kind of wait and see with the other characters, but the other place that they could go wrong with this is when they start introducing characters who've never had lines before, like Kit Fisto and Cloakoon yeah. and Sisy-Tin. Yeah. And if they can't, and, and it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And this is the problem with the prequels and this movie and the TV series and everything that they do with Star Wars right now. But, I mean, I've read books and comics and everything with Kit Fisto. He is my favorite background character from the prequels. Um, he's my favorite one of the Jedi, other than Obi-Wan Kenobi. And if the, the voice that they've got for him doesn't match the voice that's in my head... It's gonna be so difficult to get used to it because yeah, I've had yeah. I've had since episode two to figure out the voice for Kit Fisto in my head. And if they do something funky where he like has a bubbly sound to his voice or something, I'm gonna just like Oh, it's gonna be hard not to turn the TV off right there, you know? I just imagine
0: they, he'll sound like Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, you see if they What did fortuitous that, would, circumstances be these? I yeah. would cry. I would cry. <laughs> I would
1: you would not be able to console me on that one because yeah but yeah um
0: yeah I just I pulled up the IMD IMDB page and I'm checking it out um and and seeing who else we have here you know I'm excited Uh, is Matthew Wood once we get things rolling and going is he going to do the voice of Grievous as well
1: he is yeah he's He's currently not said anything, but I think that's because he's kind of sworn to secrecy, which I think right. is stupid because we know that General Grievous is going to be in this. The action figure was in wave 1. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> so he was kinda,
0: there was the you know there was a shot of him in the opening uh narration. Yes, there was. Standing Dooku. Yeah. So so yeah, so
1: I mean like obviously he'll be in it and he'll be the one doing the voice because he's doing the voice for the Battle Droids, so why would they replace him? Right. But
0: uh but yeah. I'm looking at this. Corey Burton did General Loathsome, uh, Chronos 327, mm-hmm. and uh, and he did Zero the Hut. Now, what surprises me is is that he was General Loathsome and Zero the Hut, and so he's a he's an incredible voice actor, sir. Because you couldn't have two yes. different, <laughs> you couldn't have more different now, characters than those two. Maybe
1: we'd need like a, a bona fide film buff on the podcast in order to answer this, but. I know that Zero's character was an homage to somebody, and it's something classical. It's something like from the nineteen thirties or forties. It, it's such. You like, think so? It's, it's so in the back of my head that voice is. It's a takeoff on somebody else, and I cannot put it. Like I just can't figure it out. So I mean, I'll put that out to the to the listeners, and and email me. If I you thought it was. Just, I thought he was
0: just a flamboyant character. nightclub owner.
1: I just I, I feel like he was please note he was an homage to, to a previous flamboyant nightclub character in a in a movie essay. Well point. please and I just I, I get a feeling
0: of please it. Please note my cautious use of the word flamboyant. So <laughs> Because he's one of those characters yes. I'm like, are they really doing this? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean I was like I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I was I wasn't scared to laugh. But I'm like, Really? Really they're doing this?
1: So well, you know what, and I haven't brought it up yet, but when I saw it for my first screening at twelve fifteen, I went and and much to my chagrin, there was a day camp. Oh wow! <laughs> also in the theater with me, so there was a good cross section of seven to thirteen year olds sure. of all you know ages, shapes and colors and all that sort of thing, and uh, and they were eating it up. They could not get enough. It was the greatest thing in the world to them. So if if that's any indication of, of the target market, which, I mean, it's a it's a cartoon show, so obviously it's going to be focused on kids, and they love it. So stuff like that, stuff like Zero, they could not get enough of. They were laughing the entire time, and at the points that you're supposed to laugh at. So... I mean, you know Ooh you can criticize boy. the battle droids all you want,
0: but I, I love your son. I love him. Um, what uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the battle droids and kind of the comedic aspects of of their characters?
1: I love a bad joke. So I'm a really bad person to ask. I watch, I watch The Office, and I and I'm writing down, I'm writing down uh, Michael's jokes, going, oh, I can totally use that. That's that's perfect, you know. So I am the worst possible person to ask about that. And that being said, I love them. Okay. I absolutely yeah. love the battle droids. When when the one guy is looking over the edge and he falls, and then the, the guy goes, Get back here, Sergeant. I was just like <laughs> Battle droids are so stupid. What what are you gonna do? You know, like it's just how how do they expect to win the war with these guys, you know? They're they're just a bunch of mooks. And I well, think that, that it really adds to like when they get blown up, it's not it's, it's so different from when the clone troopers get shot. Like, when a battle droid gets blown up, you're like, ha ha, a battle droid exploded. You know, because it's funny. But when a clone trooper got shot, you were like, ouch. You know, that stings. You know, when the one guy gets picked up and shot right through the chest and you see the blaster bolt come out the other side, you're just like, did they just do that in front of kids? Right. You know, like, right. did, are, are they going to do this a lot? Because there's a person inside that that armor, yeah, you know, yeah. but but you don't get that with the battle droids because they're the comic relief.
0: Right? Yeah, well, they're also, I mean, but all you know, in that opening battle sequence, you you still had some menacing battle droids, and not just the super battle droids, but the the, the regular battle droids, where the mm-hmm. one where the one trooper runs up and he tries to punch the battle droid and it hurts his hand, you know, and the battle droid just callously because he's a droid just blows him away, standing yeah. right there, yeah, and and definitely. I think that, you know. I think that what what you have is a situation where when you have individual droids working together there's gonna to be that humor but when they begin to come at you, you know, in mass, it's a scary thing. Um and and, there, and then there are all the sorts of other types of droids that are there, you know, that are that are issues, that are problems. You got the big spider droids, the little spider droids, you know, just all these different the super battle droids, um, and so I didn't have a problem with it at all, either. I, in fact, I thought some of it was pretty funny. And I don't like bad jokes.
1: Well, there you go, then. So there's, there's the two ends of the spectrum. So, <laughs> so, so if you've got a problem with the battle droids, then maybe you're just a grumpy person. Ooh. You, you need to smile more often.
0: <laughs> try, try a smile. You're never fully yeah. dressed without a smile. If, and let's bring it
1: back, because if you are all out of smiles... I hear they're free at McDonald's. So.
0: Nice. Stock up. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part of the movie? Do you have a favorite part?
1: Uh, any time that Obi-Wan is on screen okay. and I I have I have a man crush on Obi-Wan. Nice. If I was going to be a Jedi, I would want him to be my master. And uh and I mean that in a completely heterosexual way. Um but yeah, I any time that he was on, I was just like holy smokes they got obi-wan to a t just like it, right down to his movements like just the way that he held his lightsaber um but i'm an i'm an obi-wan fanatic i have yeah my my silence of my silence stuff.
0: is merely is merely stunned silence at the obi-wan could be your master comment
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of walked into that one
0: don't know how um, to respond to that exactly but but i mean i oh picking
1: a favorite moment is kind of difficult right to think about it how about you give me yours and then i'll come back to you on it
0: um you know i feel the same way i really liked the whole idea of anakin getting the junky, um old freighter spice freighter to Mm -hmm. to have to get to tatooine with and he and he's bringing it in on its last leg and the rear deflectors are down and um, you know, working with R two to try to get things turned around the whole time Ahsoka's in his ear, you know, John Adam. I that was a neat sequence to me because it that felt very Star Wars because of the Millennium Falcon and how it you know and how it was portrayed in especially Empire. Um and and so it just felt really, really Star Wars at that moment more than more than a lot of things in the prequels did. And um and so I, I think that was probably one of my one of the moments that stand out to me. One of the one of the sequences, I guess, that stand out to me. I loved I loved the fact that while they were in hyperspace, it was classic hyperspace. You know, we yeah. got to see the star lines, and then the modeled stars as you know he's uh, as they're actually in hyperspace. The blue and the way that uh, it was just a good. Uh, you know that was probably some of my favorite stuff is from the time they get to that, that freighter on Obi wans fight with the Sarge of was outstanding yeah his confidence his confidence the entire time what just blew me away that you know the fact that he never lost that obi-wan uh confidence you know that 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 would lead him that that causes him to be the perfect window after an assassin droid to jump down in the midst of a droid army and look at general grievous and say hello there you know, I mean that. There he was with Asajj the whole time, saying, "Wow, this is impressive. I guess you've got me now." And uh, and so those those yeah. were probably two of my f- more favorite moments.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was what I was talking about before. They just they nailed it so well. They got Obi Wan to a T, and uh, and so yeah. I every time that he was on screen, it was it was just awesome for me. Yeah, and that battle yeah. was wicked. Uh, and I I leaned over to my friend Alex when I, when we saw the movie at the first time, and I said, like, when, as Asaj is, you know, trying to run away and all that stuff, and, and, you know, you get back here, this fight's not over, sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's over when Obi-Wan says it's over, so, uh, <laughs> you just, you just listen, like, nobody can beat Obi-Wan unless he says that they can beat him, because, yeah. he could have taken out Vader, but that wasn't important, you know, he, okay, became right. more powerful, right, right. so, so it, they, it, you're right. They just they captured the character and the confidence of Obi Wan so perfectly. But other than that, I have to say what got me in both viewings was after the Battle of Christophsis, after they blow up the shield generator and and everything's kind of all sorted out, and uh, and Rex comes to pick up Anakin and Ahsoka, and they, they hop on the, the gunship. And Rex says, Good job, General Skywalker and then looks down to Ahsoka and says, You too. And and it's just like from then on until until a little bit later, I mean like there's there's probably about a I guess like about a ten minute sequence there and then they go back and they talk to Yoda and you know, if you've got a problem with your Padawan and Anakin's all like, No, I think that she'll work out and it's there's some great dialogue and moments in there between characters that I don't even think matched a lot of the the emotion that was in the prequels, where you had them sharing glances back at each other, and it was kind of like you could see that a friendship was formed right then, right, yeah. and and you yeah. could feel it yeah. like it was palpable, and I don't feel like like I got a lot of that from from the prequels. You know, there were a few right. moments here and there, but to get it right off the bat. With the characters and yep. to, to kind of yep. get that sense of, of camaraderie between everyone was just, I, I was kind of blown away by it. I knew that it was going to be a character-focused show, but I didn't know just how much they were going to focus on character, right? And, and they really pulled it off, which everybody always says, you know, oh, well, we're, we're really going to try and make this a, a character-focused piece. Everybody, like, it's such a, a buzz term. You know, and you get so tired of hearing it, but then you see this, and they actually pull it off. Where right, Ahsoka, yeah. who could be a completely obnoxious and annoying character, and at times was a little bit annoying, um, you still kind of got like the kid sister feel from her, and so you let it go. You know,
0: but well, you can tell they went out of their way to not make her bratty. Yeah, you know she she's a she's a impetuous little teenage girl, but she's not a brat. Yeah. You know, and, and she's got some powers, and and she's eager to please. You know, she wants Anakin Skywalker appreciate her. She wants to make him proud, um, and she's obviously very honored to be his Padawan. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I I like I was that was my biggest if going into the whole thing was that character of Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and I came away really appreciating that character. I think.
1: My uh, my only beef with Ahsoka was her constant need to nickname everything. It got to be a little bit much because, like, I'm sorry, you don't call R2 R2-E. Because you know what? R2's already a nickname. I hate to tell you. <laughs> like, his, his his formal name's R2-D2. Well, you know, And everybody calls him R2. R2-E is just a little bit too far
0: from. Yeah, as someone, though, I am a nicknamer. And and I tend to nickname everybody around me in my circle of friends and that kind of thing, um, and sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't, and uh, and so I enjoyed that aspect. I, I guess that's my my liking bad jokes. You know that that is comparable to your liking bad jokes. For me, is I I like the nicknames, yeah. and so I didn't mind that. Um, I you know I mean it's it's that it's that definite edge you know that that impetuousness and i've seen kids do that with each other you know and and so i work with kids on a regular basis and i could buy into her being a a 13 year old you know 12 13 year old kid with the kind of power she has and um and wanting to understand that because i I, you know that's just i could just see that and i and so i really like i didn't have a problem with that at all
1: well there's two perspectives again
0: there you I'm, go I'm
1: glad you're on because otherwise I'd just be saying what I think and then people would just have to deal with that but, uh, but you're, you're kind of the buffer <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah so I don't know I, is there anything else about the movie I that's I would recommend direction? go
0: see it again you know I go back to and I've said it already I'll say it again real fast if you hated the prequels don't expect to like this movie I mean that's, it's mm-hmm. set in that era uh, if you like the prequels you will probably like this if you're a Star Wars fan if you're just die hard you'll eat up anything that Lucas puts out there you're going to love this so yeah. um, you know I, I still stick with three and a half out of, out of five just because I don't like to overhype
1: understandable okay so that's our, that's our definitive call on uh, the Clone Wars movie and if it's any indication of the TV show we are in for one heck of a ride Oh, I and agree. I, yeah. I'm glad that I started this podcast because it's going to be fun um, so from there from the movie recap let's go into collecting news and uh, we've already talked about the Happy Meal toys that came out uh, now I don't know here's another instance of me being a Canadian and how this is an uphill battle for me I cannot find a copy of the TV guide I can't I have searched
0: high and low uh, have you managed Star Wars? Is Star Wars featured on TV Guide? Yeah. I didn't even know they were featured on TV Guide. No.
1: Well, I kind of talked about it in the last podcast.
0: Oh well, I didn't really pay attention. There you go. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, no, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a magazine collector. With stuff yeah. like this, I don't. I don't rush out to pick them up. Um, because a lot of times, I have people say, "Oh, I found this. Thought you might like it." And so someone will come along with the Clone Wars edition of TV guide and hand it to me.
1: Eventually, one of these days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But I've not seen it at all on the on the stands. Yeah, I have searched high and low,
1: everywhere, everywhere I can think of. So, uh, if there's any other Canadians listening and they know where I can get TV guides, they can let me know, and uh, and then I'll be able to maybe pick it up. But. Uh, Yeah, uh, I guess other than that, Star Wars Shop just had a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff get released, uh, new arrivals. Like today. Yeah, like it was just a little while ago. So, yeah, I just read it on rebelscum.com. That's where I kind of got the news from. Uh, And I think that the coolest part was all of the costumes that were on there. Because there's uh, there's costumes for Obi-Wan, Anakin, Plo Koon. Assage Venturous Commander Cody and Captain Rex, and they have adult costumes. And from the pictures, <laughs> they look pretty cool. You're
0: gonna dress up. You're gonna dress up. I want a
1: Kit Fisto one, but they didn't make one, so I'm gonna have to settle for Obi Wan. They're a bit steep. They're seventy five dollars. So I don't know. Wow. I don't know if I want to invest quite that much in a, in a, I don't know. They're kind of just yeah plastic. I'm looking
0: at. Right, I'm looking at them right now. Um
1: I mean they don't they don't look terrible. They look pretty cool. Uh the clone trooper ones as always look a little bit. They look a little bit weak because it's just like clone trooper armor printed onto a final body Right. Suit. Yeah. But, yeah. But the Obi-Wan and Anakin ones look kind of cool cuz they've got the the I don't know, like that neck piece, the neck guard and the pauldrons oh, yeah. right on yeah. there and and that's uh that's kind of cool to me. So so I enjoyed those uh, and then the rest of it is essentially a bunch of prints from Celebration Japan so if you weren't able to get out to Celebration Japan uh, you can pick up some of those great art prints which, which are again, they can tend to be a little bit pricey but sometimes they're worth it if you've got a favorite artist, especially if you've got a favorite Star Wars artist um, and you weren't able to get there to pick up these exclusive prints, you can pick them up online, so that's always cool I think because previous to Star Wars shop we didn't really have a way to do that and so whenever they do these convention exclusives we have a way to pick them up which I appreciate being somebody who doesn't get out to a lot of conventions so
0: yeah I'm the same way there there's I'm still waiting to see that Comic Con exclusive come up Mm -hmm. uh, that Hasbro did that's the hologram emperor and Darth Vader kneeling the Great Disturbance in the Force set from Hasbro. I think it was a exclusive. I can't talk. But uh, but yeah. Do you collect? What do you collect?
1: I uh, I go back and forth. What what I do is I don't so much collect one specific uh, line of anything. Right. I collect specific things. Um, Obi Wan and Clone Trooper armor, which now with this new series is just gonna be such a pain in the butt uh pretty much anything <laughs> uh... that's obi-wan in clone trooper armor i pick up yeah uh anything this there's a bit of a theme because anything with uh han and luke in the stormtrooper armor i like um i just i i don't know what it is about about that aspect of it the 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 stormtrooper and clone trooper armor. When you take the helmet off, and you can see a person underneath. You are
0: like my friend Marcus. Like He's it. the same way. You are just like my yeah. friend Marcus. Anyone that has a anything, it doesn't matter what character. If they come with a helmet that you can take on and off like that, uh, yeah. like the old uh, the old Lando um, as a skip skiff guard. guard. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So I uh, I collect a lot of that stuff, and I'll go. I've got I've got everything. I mean, I've got the the $200 obi-wan kenobi in clone trooper armor statue from gentle giant wow, i've got yeah. minibus i've got action figures i i i collect whatever i think is cool at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but i try and keep it nowadays into a little bit more of the high-end stuff okay. when i was a kid i used to collect the three and three quarter figures yeah. but i i'm not too pleased with the legacy stuff as it is right now really um yeah, the Clone Wars stuff I like. The new Clone Wars stuff. Right. But that legacy stuff just doesn't do it for me. Huh. I don't know what it is. I the sculpts just aren't I don't know. I'm not I'm not pleased with them. I don't like I don't know, I'd rather have something that looks good than have something that has all the articulation. Right. And I know that a lot of the collectors that collect the three and three quarters stuff would rather have the articulation because they want to pull it out and do dioramas with it. And I'm the same way. I pull. I don't keep anything in box. The only the only figures that I have in box are the Ralph McQuarrie figures. Yeah, um, and I don't even have all of them yet. But I've got the majority of them, um, and it's because I got them not as a Star Wars collector, but as a graphic designer because I really like the box art. Sure. So yeah. Um. To the the mix of the Ralph McQuarrie art and the graphic design of of last year's yeah. line of yeah. the 30th anniversary stuff. I just thought it was like sort of a perfect melding, so so I picked those up and I keep those in box. But but yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit of a funny collector that way, where I just kind of get what I like.
0: That's cool. That's cool.
1: So how do you collect? What, what do you?
0: I do the, I do the, uh, I do a lot of the three and three quarter inch stuff, um, and just because I always have, uh, I, the higher end stuff I just can't bring myself to spend money on. As bad as I like some of the stuff, as much as I like some of the stuff, I just can't bring myself to spend the money on sometimes. Um, The ships, uh, like I I am jonesing for a big Millennium Falcon, and uh, we'll probably be getting one of those in a couple of weeks. I love the ATT, um, and uh, I can't wait to get one of those. Um, Any vehicles, I'm, I'm a big vehicle guy. But especially the vintage stuff, I still have my entire vintage collection from when I was a kid. And what I love about eBay is, is I'll pick a, I'll pick one of my pieces and say, all right, I need to get this fixed because I played with toys as a kid, you know, and uh, and so I'll go on eBay and I'm very much a parts buyer. If you put a lot of, uh, of vintage parts on online, a lot of times I'm the guy bidding because I I try to get those and then basically do a refurbishing of my vintage ships and, and that kind of thing and, that's, and, and it, that way it becomes more of an enjoyable thing to me I know I harbor no illusions that I'm going to make a fortune off my Star Wars figures whether they're opened or closed um, I'm an opener uh, sometimes, sometimes I just like the way they look on the card so I leave them on the card you know yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm, it's just whatever tickles my fancy a lot of times it's whatever I like but usually it, it's in that three and three quarters mm. line
1: cool well um
0: yeah heck yeah heck it's yeah. cool
1: There you go. Uh, the other stuff that that kind of got released lately and I just got an email cuz I get stuff from Gentle Giant being uh a sucker for their stuff. They like to <laughs> they like to let me know cuz I tend to buy it. Um but the Gentle Giant Clone Wars maquettes are up yeah, for pre-order. Yeah. And I think you can get those you can get those through Gentle Giant uh, I think you have to be a member. I think you have to be signed up. It doesn't cost anything. So, because um, I wouldn't be a member if it cost something. Um, and I think you can also pre-order those on on the Star Wars shop site as well. Um, yep. And they look what pretty good. Got, what have they got? Uh, it's what, what? it's Ahsoka and a clone mm-hmm. trooper. Okay. And a white clone trooper. And they, they look good, but uh, they're... It's if you're a maquette guy. You know, like if you're not if you're not into the maquettes. Um, I mean I picked up the the Boba Fett, which was the first classic character anim- animated Maquette that they did. Right. Right. Um, and I picked up the Leia that came out right after that, and then I feel like they've kinda they've kinda gotten worse after that. Like those two Oh well. Wow. Those two were wicked, but after that they kinda just started putting them out and it seems like Gentle Giants just they just put these things out nowadays you know like it's just you, yeah you can't do anything but see animated maquettes right coming out, right and i mean they do them for movies that don't even have an animated aspect right right at right. this point like uh, well
0: didn't they do it did they do an animated Chewie? they did Maquette, and Chewie chewy and
1: han didn't look that great like han looked yeah. all right but chewy looked kind of funny
0: and he didn't. Yeah. See, I like the idea though of the animated maquettes because I'd love to see. I would really. I think it'd be interesting to see someone take uh, either the old radio dramas, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or some or, or one of those scripts, and do an animated version of the original trilogy. Yeah. I think. I think that'd be super cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. Super bad, for sure. I mean, even if they just took the original voice tracks from the movie, yeah, and they yeah. just did an animation to go along with it. Yeah, I could definitely see that because I love the style of of the animated characters of the Tardicost th- sort of stuff. See, I
0: think I characters. saw yeah, I think I saw the animated Han and Chewy, and I kind of liked them. I like that that animated. card, though when you're talking about a big furry critter to to animate him, I guess, or to make him look cool in an animated well, situation.
1: It's it's hard to bring him into the animated universe and then to go right back and put him back into 3D. Right. They they yeah. kind of I it's. It's a funny process because these characters don't exist in this format until Gentle Giant says we're going to do it, right? Right, and, and they uh, all
0: have kind of a Tartosky feel to them, don't they? That, that Gindy Tartoski animation yeah, yeah. style. Yeah, they're
1: all sort of Clone Wars yeah. styled. So um, it's funny that, that they do that. I mean, we don't even see these characters animated. We've never seen the classic characters animated. Well, but, and yet and yet they well. Okay, animated in that style, because uh-huh. we have seen them animated, because if there's one good thing that came out of the holiday special, go on record yeah. as saying this. <laughs> that animated sequence is so awesome. Hello, friend. Oh, I love it. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, but uh, that is that is the collecting news, because we try and keep it a little bit more Clone Wars focused. I could go into all of the other stuff that's hitting shelves, but I'm sure that a lot of people listen to the Force cast and... Uh, and and they kinda get their collecting news there. And there's there's a lot of other great podcasts out there. A lot and and
0: Jason Wars and Pete, we know collectors. you're listening to us. Just go ahead and give us a shout out on the next show. It'll be fine.
1: Yes. That would be <laughs> that would make my day Oh, if I was listening to the force cast and they and they gave me a shout out, I would I would know that I have arrived right, right, yep. in the Star Wars in the Star Wars scope of things. I mean having having you on the show and having I've talked to Derek <laughs> as well it Make, makes me feel like I'm a genuine podcaster and not some schmuck, like I said before. Uh, it sort of validates my existence. Oh,
0: come on. No, not because of me. Now, if you have Derek on the show, then you're genuine. So, Well, he's
1: he's, he's offered to do a little bit of AAC stuff for me until, well, there you go. until I can get a Mac. So, well, he's the man. So he's involved. He's involved in, in some way.
0: You're a podcaster, so, sir.
1: I am a podcaster. Derek makes when it do, official. When do I get my membership kit? I, I'm, <laughs> still my I'm still waiting yeah. on mine. I'm still waiting on mine. But yeah, um yeah, so hopefully hopefully they'll they'll recognize me as an official Star Wars unofficial podcast. There you go. But yeah. Yeah, I, and with that, with a little bit of recognition, let's get into fan mail cuz I've got I got a couple of pieces of mail. These are actually the first two pieces of mail that I received. So I will read the first one and uh, and maybe I'll get you to read the second one. So, oh,
0: okay, so that'll I'm, be fun. Sure.
1: I'm going to go through the first one here. So it says, "Hey there, Michael. I just wanted to be amongst the first to write in and not only congratulate you, but thank you for taking the time to make a podcast about the upcoming Clone Wars movie and television show. Star Wars has always been near and dear to my heart, and it's great to see others practice, uh, participate, sorry, in discussions that are truly impassioned. I'm sure your podcast will become a huge hit, and wish you nothing but success. I also wanted to relay my thoughts on the new style." Of the upcoming series and movie I'm a huge Gennady Tartakovsky fan From Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls The Awesome Samurai Jack And of course the Clone Wars micro-series The animation style Tartakovsky Has developed uh, Lends itself fluidly to very Cinematic Sorry, I'm um, Lends itself fluidly to very cinematic Yet over-the-top action There we go I agree wholeheartedly with your opinion that the action in the micro-series was very ramped up when compared to the more realistic and simplified Jedi action in the films, and I think the use of 3D CGI characters was a smart move for several reasons. First, it retains the cartoony feel of the micro-series, allowing for more fantastical action sequences that would just seem truly out of place in the movies. I remember General Grievous in the micro-series as being truly... Uh, we're going to just say B.A. There you uh, go. Because we're family friendly. <laughs> family uh, friendly. Family friendly. Because of his great Jedi decimation episode. And that never came across in the films due to the more pragmatic fi- fighting style of the films. Secondly, by moving the characters into a fully 3D world, the new style brings a sense of truly grounding the action ever so slightly. You get a, a real sense of this is a world of rules that you could never get from an animated style that if that makes any sense and it does make sense he says have a great day and that is dennis of satellite feed which i believe is also a podcast yep, yep. um yeah uh, so thank you very much for being the first writer a uh, first uh, fan fan mail writer there uh, dennis uh, it's nice to know that there are people listening that think i'm doing a good job because uh, otherwise i'd just keep doing this even if i was making a fool of myself <laughs> um so he brings up the style of the series, and, and we've kind of already talked about this. And, uh, and I love the style, and, and I'm an illustrator and graphic designer, so I, uh, I like to think that I'm a bit of an authority on the subject. And uh, uh, I didn't know just how much I loved the style until I saw the movie. Right? He sent this, and I was like, I was like yeah, the style's going to be awesome. And then you see it on the big screen, and you see just how much detail there is in the main characters. And, and that hand-painted look to them and, uh, and I just I can't get enough of it. I love it. It's, it's great. So.
0: Yeah, he, he also mentions uh, talking about the, the, the cartoony feel of the micro series, allowing for more fantastical mm-hmm. action sequences. I'll be honest with you, I really had some issues with Tartakovsky's series and, I, and the one I keep coming back to is the Mace Windu episode. Yeah where he basically destroys a whole thousands of, you know, super battle droids with his bare hands and, um, you know, and then gets into this big earthquake-causing machine and, and, and basically blows it up all by himself. And it was cool. It looked really neat. But in the, in the long run, it was like, if he could do that, why didn't he do that in Episode 2 when they were surrounded? Yeah. Um, you know, and and it was a little too over the top what I appreciate about what they're doing stylistically with the Jedi powers and that kind of thing here in uh in the Clone Wars is is they're not going that far over the top with it. You know, they're still levitation, they're jumping from incredible heights, they're doing some amazing things, they're doing some incredible lightsaber work and that sort of thing. But, you know, they're not taking their hands and decimating a super battle droid then using his parts to decimate another battle droid you know and yeah. um and and so i i really i was dig i am digging on that and and i think that's where it comes in you know you get the sense that this is a world of rules and um that you can't get from that 2D yeah definitely
1: stuff. i mean everybody kind of always goes back to that mace windu episode and uh and that kind of makes always makes me think about uh, the whole the whole myth aspect of Star Wars. Because the way I feel about that episode yeah. specifically... Is... I mean, because it's a two-parter. Is... Um, that... At the end of it, he jumps up... And there's the little kid... And, you know, he has the the little moment... Where he takes a swig of his of his water bottle... And then takes off again. I really feel like that story... What we saw... Was that kid going back... To his friends and saying... You will never believe what I just saw, and and maybe right. maybe yeah, it's not a that. literal uh, translation of exactly what transpired that day, because I'm sure that that Mace had some clone troopers with him, you know, like that it was a little bit less of an of an outnumbered situation, but that kid, all he could see from up on that hill was Mace Windu's lightsaber flashing back and forth, and then maybe one or two really explosive. Uh, examples of the Force, and then he kind of just elaborated on it from there, you know, one of those bigger, big fish stories, right? Right, right. Um, whereas, yeah, I can see that. Whereas, like, this this series isn't, I mean, it's going to be the one-offs, like like that was, but this is a bit more character focused, so having having the ridiculous battles isn't exactly something that that I think we need for this series. It was for the Tartakovsky stuff, because um, because that's who he is right I mean if anybody watched Samurai Jack those shows would be they I mean and he said right from the get go when he was doing Samurai Jack it would be 15 minutes of story and 15 minutes of straight action and when they went to do the Clone Wars they kind of just took out the story aspect of a lot of it and just did the 15 minutes of action right, right. Um. yeah yeah and so you kinda you 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 have to have that over the top sense to it. Whereas with this one, we're gonna take that half an hour and we're gonna explore a character, like we managed to in the movie. So so right. that that more grounded realistic style I think is gonna lend to that. I think that you wouldn't be able to get the emotions in a two D animated style that we're gonna be able to get in a three D style. That we're gonna need to tell those character stories. So so I think that's the yep. big reason why it moved to 3D from from the 2D stuff. So Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
0: You, you've yes. got one more here. And it says, Hey, I love your podcast. Um, this is really great stuff. My only suggestion is that you positively tinker with the beginning slash ending. Personally, I think that after it's released, of course... The Clone Wars soundtrack by Kevin Kiner would have some great music to replace your current music with. If you like it the way it is, it's fine, but I think since this is the Clone Wars you're focusing on, it would be pretty sweet to hear some of Kiner's score open and close the podcast. Just an idea. Other than that, everything seems pretty good. Thanks, William. William, you are a man full of terrible <laughs> ideas.
1: And you say that because of all of the hard work and toiling that you did to get to get the <laughs> intro together. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Hey, you 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 want to keep it the way it is?
0: Um, <laughs> hey, buddy, it's your podcast. If I can help you out in any way, I will. No, I mean, uh, I I yeah. see what William's saying, and I agree. It's it's going to be a matter of being able to find the track that can fit just right to do you know what we're doing or what you're doing rather with the podcast. I I, I enjoy doing some of the audio editing and that kind of thing. Um. In fact, SkyNext has a new theme. Yes, and just it's an plug awesome Sky new SkyNext really quickly. I just and, wanted uh, to share that because it yeah,
1: it's wicked. Not that not that your old theme wasn't good, and so, <laughs> but your new theme is awesome.
0: Right. So, well, we we were sitting around. And we had these different parts of it and everything, and and I was like, why don't we see if hmm. we can put all this stuff together? And so I fidgeted and fiddled. You know, got some sound effects from here and there, and and um and just had a you know, and I just loved it. I mean, when and especially when things kind of come together and and i felt like it did and, and the same thing with this i felt like once i kind of got the idea of what you wanted down that things kind of came mm-hmm. together pretty well and um and so um i mean i was happy with the end result i don't know oh, that you I, were, but I was. Am. i love it so how <laughs> can you say that i give you i gave you mad uh, you know, I, just because i was looking, I was looking, looking the the paddle, I was looking for the paddle i was looking for the paddle yeah definitely
1: i mean like, so. i love the the intro just the way it is uh as a matter of fact, I think that, that the intro for this podcast was a little bit more impactful than the intro to the movie, because the movie is just kind of like, it's just the music and uh, sort of like a montage with a voiceover, and I was like, really? I was I was expecting more. Like I was expecting it to, to have a, a gritty, sort of weathered look to it so that it looked like a 1930s opening, and right, maybe for the TV yeah. show it will be like that, right, because I... I I would be my guess that the opening for the movie was very centered around what was going to happen in the movie because they talked about Jabba and and what was going on with his son being being yeah. kidnapped and everything. Um, and I don't know, maybe they're going to do that every episode where they kind of they don't have to set up the exposition because there it is right in the intro, and they'll do it the same way. But I just hope that they kind of do it in a little bit more of a stylized intro. Fashion, and that's right, that's right. what
0: I was expecting. So. I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't realize we'd get it. I was pleasantly surprised to see um, a long time ago in a galaxy yeah. far, far away. Definitely, yeah. and and I was very surprised to see the Clone Wars um, logo. You know, start real big at the screen and then kind of as if the camera's backing away from it or if it's backing away from the camera much like the words Star Wars yeah. do in the movies and I, I was really digging on it yeah that.
1: and then uh, on the second viewing I kind of clued into what they were doing and uh, if you took what the narrator says and you turned it into yellow text and you put it on a star field it would have been the classic opening to all of the other movies it would have been exactly the same yeah, it would have yeah, been exactly, exactly the same, but instead yeah. they did it in this yep. 1930s and 40s, you know, uh, newsreel style, which, which montage style. It's yeah. got that that uh, that you know news from the front lines, wartime feel to it, which is what you know they want to get across. Because it's, I mean, right, uh, right. Everybody who's involved with with the show has said that it's kind of like World War 2 but for star wars right like the, this this is the right, star wars yeah. that everybody's always talking about <laughs> you know like because in in the uh, in the classic trilogy i mean i don't know if it's necessarily a war there is a war going on but they're kind of smaller skirmishes between two sides whereas this is like a full-scale galactic war you know so that's the star yep. wars yep you know so uh so yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we go, maybe, maybe eventually we'll go in and we'll do, uh, we'll do a new intro, uh, depending on you know what happens with the show down the road. But I'm pretty happy with it the way it is, and I just kind of threw on the outro, just because uh, I was thinking of something that I could put on there. And I know from when I was a kid, I had that the the Star Wars ABCs, and I just it popped into my head when I thought I need a Star Wars outro that nobody else has. I went. Yes, the, the end of the of the tape cassette when it's like we've gone from A through Z and then three PO says, May the force be with you I was just like, That's perfect. So I so I went with that. So that there was you go. Just a little yeah. bit of my yeah. own uh, I don't know, my own reminiscing. But I I it works. I think I might hey buddy, throw on um, maybe a little bit of the new soundtrack as as we trail off of this episode. I don't know we'll see i'll, I'll tinker around sure. with that so that's a it'll be a surprise even well, to me well we're about yeah, to find, we out, about right to find now, out right aren't we? now right because with that that is pretty much the show <laughs> i mean we're coming up on on almost two hours which is a long podcast
0: yeah so uh yeah i've given you a lot of my life today and i've yeah, got to yeah. go take it back now so i uh, so yeah
1: Uh thank you for listening thank you for being on steve because uh
0: Oh, I'm glad because to do I'm it, man. Crazy Thanks for having
1: anymore. me. Not a crazy old hermit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping to have another podcast out in a couple of weeks, but I don't know exactly what the topics will be. Uh, maybe a little bit more on the collecting side. So stay tuned. Uh, the website is almost finished for those of you who are wondering, and then you'll be able to leave comments on the uh, on the episodes right from there. And, uh, and I don't know what I'm going to do for forums yet, but it seems like I might need that because it seems like there's going to be a lot of people listening. Um, so news on that stuff coming. And, uh, and I, am gonna, I am setting up a Twitter feed. So that's uh, Clone Wars. It's, it's just twitter.com slash clone wars. So if you want to follow that on Twitter... Uh, you can go ahead and do that. And I've set up a Facebook group. So if you go on Facebook and you search Frontlines the Clone Wars Podcast, uh, you'll find our our Facebook group. So you can join there. And for now, that can kind of be our forums and our community because you can always post on there. Uh, And with that, I think that we are done. So, yeah, thanks for for listening. All right. uh, Thanks for checking us out and tuning in.